This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. It's the amazing Rico Bronia podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. Rico Bronia time, and who knew we'd have so much Met news over the course of 24 hours. We got a lot to discuss on the podcast. Pete Alonzo made a major agent change. Leaks from the Mets organization concerning who wanted and didn't want to play Daniel Vogelback. A Craig Council update, and Pete Hoffman tweeted something very, very stupid. We'll get to all that. But I think the headline is Billy Epner, Billy Epler. I forget. I think I was going to call him an Epler. <laughs> Billy Epler is no longer the general manager of the New York Mets. And this comes in two parts. Part number one, a little after four o'clock, I was on the air with Tiki. You get the breaking news. Billy Epler is resigning, which you're surprised about. But then the other side of you says, well, he's about to become meaningless anyway. Who the hell cares? Which was my initial reaction. And then a few hours later, the conglomerate at the New York Post, like five writers, came together with an exclusive that Billy Epler is being investigated by Major League Baseball because of his usage of the Phantom IL. So a couple of things. I'm on the Mets transaction wire. We should just play a game. We should go through every guy that went on the IL this year and try to find out which one was Fugazi. And which one was real? So let's start right at the beginning of the season. <clears throat> Here we go. We got some minor ones. We got Jose Quintana, 15-day IL. I think that one was real. We got Alicia Hernandez, shoulder strain. We barely saw him this year, if at all. I don't think we did. Uh, Bryce Montes de Oka, UCL. Okay, all legit so far. Steven Riding's injured list. See, that one, didn't they have to? I think he had to make the team. I think he was out of options. So maybe that was a phantom one. Uh, Tyler McGill gets recalled. Justin Verlander, IL. Was that a phantom one when he missed the first month of the season? Tim LaCastro goes on the IL. I remember later was going on a rehab assignment, and we were even debating, hey, like what the hell's going to happen with Tim LaCastro? Goes back on the IL. Uh-oh. Hoff, I think that one's suspicious, that Timmy LaCastro one. I think, I think we found the first one, yeah. <laughs> we got the first one. <laughs> Uh, Carlos Carrasco goes on the IL with elbow inflammation. Hmm. Maybe that was purposeful. Yeah. Yeah, it's an you, interesting you, one. You know, not for nothing. We, and then, Ev, you know this is the talk of the town. Find something to put them on the IL with, right? We could have found an IL spot for Vogelback, and we never did. But, like, it's a joke. <laughs> it's a joke. We always yeah. just put them on the IL. 
now they actually run into it. So the the Phantom IL, obviously the Phantom DL back in the day, it's been going on forever. And we've, like you said, we've talked about it. Hey, this guy's struggling. Get him on the IL. Hey, this guy sucks. Bury him on the IL. So it's been going on for a while. I had read about a year or two ago that Major League Baseball really wanted to cut down on it. That Major League Baseball wanted guys only going on the IL when they were legitimately hurt. So is there truth to Billy Epler putting guys and shelving guys on the IL? Probably. I don't think there's any question. Is it a serious accusation, like a serious thing? Not really. That's why, to me, the resignation of him feels like misguided. It doesn't feel like it It fits the crime. You know, this wasn't a rampant problem, I don't think. Uh, so the whole thing is really strange to me. Really strange. Almost as if, like, Billy, I guess, was going to stay on and be a part of this front office, even if he had a lesser role. And him and David Stearns were, I weren't even going to say work together, but Billy was going to work for David Stearns. But it's almost as if, okay, this investigation is going on. It probably started recently because it feels like the Mets were blindsided based on the Cohen comments at the Stearns press conference about Billy and the fact that Billy's in the Met offices and they're about to work together. So it feels like an investigation that just started. It also feels like, you know what? I'm going to do this organization a favor. I'm not the real GM anyway around here. This will probably help me for my future endeavors, maybe to even rework for the Mets down the road. I'm just going to get out of their hair because now the Mets have a cover, even if we don't think this is serious. And I don't think it's that serious. It's a new organization. You know what I mean? It's like any time something was said about Brody Van Wagenen or the Wilpons when they were gone, you know, even the serious allegations against Mickey Calloway and what the Mets knew, once there's a new administration in town, it's like, all right, well, Steve Cohen wasn't there. All right. Uh, the newer GMs, I don't even want to say Zach Scott and Jared Porter because they had their own issues. Sandy Alderson wasn't there, even though he did hire Mickey the first time. So I almost think it's a little bit of a cover where if you're the Mets and you're Steve Cohen, you could kind of shrug your shoulders right now and say, well, the manager's gone, the GM's gone, not our problem. MLB can investigate all day, but those guys are gone. So I think that's a part of it. I'm just speculating here, a part of why it made sense for Billy just to get the hell out of here. Well, okay, that's that's great, all, all, all good that Billy, Billy's gone, but there's two things. First of all, I think, it, I think it's more serious than you're giving it because it's manipulation of the roster. It's a way that right now, you know, you use all those call-ups and whatnot. You only have so many options, et cetera, et cetera. Put them on the IL, and then we can figure out a way to now create space and create a different call-up and not have to worry about, like, giving someone an option where we don't want to do it, right? Okay, so that's the first thing. Slash, there's still, there might be repercussions. And it's not like, hey, Billy Epler is not part of the team anymore, but he was part of the Mets organization. So they're going to give the Mets the slap on or the, the, the fine or whatever it is. They're not going to give it to Billy. Well, the fine, who cares about? Steve's a billionaire. I would care about draft picks being taken away, and that would be a serious thing. Uh, you know what I jumped to, though? Where'd this come from? And I'm going to give you a little tinfoil conspiracy theory. Where did this come from? Because... For, the, for Major League Baseball to be investigating Billy Epler and the Mets' usage of the IL, when it seems like every team kind of does it to varying degrees, you jump to this thought of someone ratted the Mets out. Someone went to Major League Baseball and said, huh, what's going on here? 
And I think it's pretty obvious who my number one candidate would be. So I'll talk about a separate story. Then we'll get back to this story and we can all connect it together. Mike Puma, and I like Mike, but Mike clearly has some kind of relationship with the former manager of the New York Mets, Buck Showalter. Why, you ask? Well, number one, he prints a story from a day ago, fascinating one, might I add, about how Buck really didn't want to play Daniel Vogelback. Billy Epler forced him. Then, less than a day later, he goes out and tweets, according to a source, Buck Showalter is interested in the job managing the Los Angeles Angels. So it kind of feels like, and it's okay, like we all have sources. Some of us do. I don't have freaking sources. I'm a fan. I'll be honest with you. I'll tell you when my things are conspiracy theories. I'm going to BS you and say, I heard from a source, unless I actually have heard from a source, which is rare, but it happens. Um, Puma is telling you what Buck thinks. That report about Vogelback comes from Buck. And we'll get into that later, but clearly that comes from Buck. Then Buck's interest in the Angels comes from Buck, according to a source. Yeah, the source is Buck. So if Buck Showalter hmm, is not happy with Billy Epler and is trying to lay out, hey, I don't want to play Daniel Vogelback. That was Billy Epler's fault. Don't you think within 24 hours and now there's an investigation into IL usage, who would know about the IL usage more than the field manager? So tinfoil theory, Buck Showalter ratted Billy Epler out. Your thoughts? If that's the case, it's a little dirty for Buck. <laughs> now, listen, I don't don't get me wrong. I, I I said earlier, I think he got sand. I think Buck Showalter got sandbagged by the Mets with the whole Vogelback stuff. I think that he's got he's been done dirty, like you said too. So it's like a little fight fire with fire, right? You know, you did me wrong. I'm gonna do you wrong. It's a little messed up, but you know what? I like Buck. I never really liked Billy Epler, so I fully support Buck Showalter if that's what he did. Buck and Billy have something in common. They both don't work for the New York Mets. And that's kind of a crazy statement considering a week ago that was not the case. And Buck and Billy a year ago were part of a Met team that won 101 games. I, I wonder where this investigation goes. Obviously, if you're right, that MLB is pissed and there are, I don't want to say severe penalties, but penalties that impact the Mets, then all of a sudden it's a big deal. Whether I think IL usage and manipulating it is a big deal or not, if you're taking away draft picks or something like that or international spending money, then it's a big deal. And then it's something that you say, oh, wow, this really affected this Met team moving forward. But my initial reaction when I heard Billy was resigning was something I had said before about David Stearns taking over, and I stand by this. While Billy may have remained with the organization, and maybe he was going to have David Stearns' ear, he was never going to be someone we as fans ever talked about. This is now David Stearns' show. When we talk about signing Pete Alonso or trading Pete Alonso, it's David Stearns. When we talk about signing Yamamoto or not signing Yamamoto, it's David Stearns. And I liken this to a Knicks comparison where Scott Perry was their general manager. He was inherited by Leon Rose, who became their team president. And once Leon became the team president, you almost forgot Scott Perry was there. You almost forgot he existed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And all of a sudden, a year and a half later, Scott Perry resigns. You're like, really? He was still with the Knicks? And so whether Billy stayed or not, this is about David Stearns. David Stearns is running this team. So my initial reaction, and I still have it now, is whatever. Whatever if Billy Epler isn't around. David's going to bring in a lot of his own guys anyway. This is a new era of Met baseball. I hate when that's said because it's sort of depressing that we're beginning another new era of Met baseball. But here we are. And, and look, this is also why I really, really hope David's the answer. Because Billy Epler lasted less than two years. Jared Porter lasted months. Zach Scott couldn't get through a full season. And I don't even remember if Sandy Alderson was actually here or not. This is a franchise that under Steve Cohen, they've gone through executives like water. And, and I get why. Because all of those options were second choices. All of those options were not the guy. Like, they liked Jared Porter, and they liked Zach Scott, and he liked Billy Epler, but he was always looking for the real team president. And Sandy Alderson was always going to be a temporary guy. And he got the guy he wanted, which I compliment Steve Cohen for. He got his guy. He had to wait a damn long time for it, but he got his guy. But the last few years as a Met fan, it's frustrating looking back on just the complete lack of stability this franchise has had. Years from now, will we look back on Billy Epler and pay him compliments? It's absolutely on the table. Because when you think about the Verlander and Scherzer trade, I want to frame this in the fairest way I can. That was about Steve Cohen. That was about the money of Steve Cohen. If those prospects hit, and they haven't yet. They're just prospects. If Luis Angel Acuna hits and becomes a legitimately good Major League Baseball player, doesn't even have to be a great Major League Baseball player, a good Major League Baseball player. If Drew Gilbert hits and is a good Major League Baseball player, and Ryan Clifford hits and he's a good Major League Baseball player, then I think it will then be fair to say, yeah, they used the Steve Cohen money to entice teams to take Verlander and Scherzer. But wow, Billy Epler led the group that picked the right guys. That's the thing about those trades. And that's where we're going to define Billy Epler, by the way. We're going to define Billy Epler a lot on those trades because what else are we going to judge him on? I guess the last draft or two, but really it's going to be those deals. And the way I look at those deals, and I think this is the fairest way to look at it, is for now it's about Cohen. It's about the money he was willing to spend to buy prospects. But if those prospects don't hit, okay, great. He spent a lot of money for what? And that's what's on Billy Epler. Give Cohen credit for putting this franchise in position to buy prospects. And then we either give Epler credit down the road or kill him down the road for those prospects becoming something or becoming nothing. And so when we define Billy Epler's legacy... Which is weird to think about. To me, it's going to be about those two trades. With that said, and the Robertson trade too. I don't want to ignore that. Like those guys hit, sure. 
will be doing the same thing. And I'd be the first one to give Billy Epler credit. But for now, what was Billy Epler in Met history? I've been using this phrase a lot lately because it's been applicable. And that is a fart in the wind. That's what his legacy is. I also equated Zach Wilson's four good drives to that. But I hope to be wrong. Like, these legacies can change. So, goodbye, Billy Epler. (laughs) Thank you for the time. Now, let's get to this Vogelback thing. Because even though Buck and Epler are both gone, this is still a really, really important thing. First of all, when it's reported by Puma, if you didn't see it, I'm sure every Met fan listening here to the Rico has seen it. Basically, what Puma reported is that Buck didn't want to play Daniel Vogelback and that Billy Epler forced the playing of Vogelback on him. Number one, this came from Buck. I think we pretty much all assume that. Do you believe Buck Showalter? I do. And it's weird. Like, you may be thinking to yourself, well, why, Evan? And it doesn't do me any good. Because when we sat here on the Rico Bronia for months and months, I would continue to tell you what I honestly thought, which is Buck Showalter makes the lineups. I used to argue about that with Pete. I'd argue about it with anybody, whether it's the Yankees or the Mets. Buck Showalter and Aaron Poon get information. They get a lot of it. They get a lot of input from the front office. But I genuinely believe the managers, day in and day out, make the lineup. So I would criticize Buck Showalter for his inclusion of Daniel Vogelback. I wouldn't just, ah, it's the front office. No, I believed it was Buck. So for me to tell you I believe Buck shows you I'm believing something that doesn't benefit me. Because I could easily say it's not true. I was right the entire time. Here's why I believe Buck. I give you the specific reason. I think Buck clearly wants to clear his name. No doubt he still wants to manage. So I think there's a benefit to him putting this out there, but I don't think he's one to lie. This would be a lie if Buck Showalter went to the media and said something like, I was forced to play Vogelback and it wasn't the case. So number one, and I'll give you another reason. Number one, I don't think Buck Showalter's a liar. I don't. Number two, and I remember saying this to you, despite still believing Buck puts the lineup together, I would say, Pete, it doesn't make sense. In one breath, he talks about defense and versatility, and yet this guy continues to be on the roster and play all the time. And I would say to you, it doesn't fit what he's saying. He's saying I want guys who defend. He's saying I want guys who are versatile. He would put Vientos down, essentially, and say, well, you got to prove you can play defense. Meanwhile, Daniel Vogelback never played an inning of defense for the New York Mets. It never made sense. So, A, I don't think Buck's a liar. And, B, I don't think he's a hypocrite. I think maybe him making those comments without me realizing, and a lot of Mets fans realizing, was a cry for help. Was him saying, look, I don't want this guy playing. Look what I'm saying about the young guys. So choosing to believe Buck serves me no benefit whatsoever. I always just try to be genuine in what I'm believing. And I think he's telling the truth. What say you? Uh, I think I I do believe Buck. I always had a soft spot for Buck. um, And this is something I've always told you. I think the manager today is just a face. They are the buffer between the team the players and the media that's all they are and they're there to say the right thing and buck for the most part for two years said the right thing i mean he really did and you could say that there were screams for help but really he still defended the vogel back he defended everybody he took the hits constantly which is kind of why i'm pissed about this whole thing because they did buck wrong 
They they truly did. From which aspect, though? From the aspect of forcing him to play Vogelback or from the aspect that he got fired? Uh, both. Both. The fact that he, he was forced to, to do things that he didn't want to do, that nobody, everybody in the world didn't want Vogelback to play on a regular basis. And this is, this is the part of the stubbornness of whether it's a Billy Epler thing or – and here's the do, deep dive. Is it Billy Epler saying you have to play this man or is it Billy Epler taking in information from his statisticians or his analytical department saying, hey, Vogelback's going to turn around? Is it the stubbornness? Like, hey, I'm proving you that this is the right move? Because, listen, they bought out Robinson Cano. They bought out all these guys. Vogelback was a million dollars. They could have just bought the guy out. Like, well, get rid of him. Because it wasn't about the money. I mean, look, and, and, and that's why when the other thought on this is, well, he wanted him to play a guy that he had acquired a year earlier. Remember, we gave up Colin Holderman to get him, and he wanted to prove himself right. The fight back on that is Darren Ruff, because Darren Ruff was not forced to play. Darren Ruff was gone before this season started, much to your surprise, much to a lot of Met fans' surprise. So maybe, hey, I can't admit two mistakes. I'll admit one mistake. I, honestly, the reasons for pushing Vogel back to me are irrelevant. Whether it's believing he was going to get hot, whether it's the analytics telling you whatever, it doesn't matter. The manager, to me, I get this is different. I get 2023 and 2024 is not 1985. I get Earl Weaver doesn't exist anymore for the most part, even though Bruce Bochy is managing against Dusty Baker in the American League Divisional Series. But I still believe, for the most part, Yes, the manager will get a lot of information from upstairs. A lot of it. More information than ever. But they still ultimately will decide who's in the lineup. I still think that's the majority. In this case, for whatever reason, they pushed Daniel Vogel back on him. And what it makes me reevaluate in terms of Buck's year this year is if I believe this happened, which I do. I'm telling you right now, I, I believe that story. I believe Buck's side of the story. One of my major critiques of Buck has now been thrown away. Now, there are other critiques of Buck's, uh, other, other critiques of Buck, but that was the big one. The big one was this loyalty to Daniel Vogelback. Now, look, here, here's the truth now. We, have, we all have to admit, Buck's not here. Buck's not the manager anymore. And Billy Epler certainly is not here anymore, and he was never going to have the same power he had a year ago. This story now becomes a relic of the past. But here's why it's relevant, and here's why it still concerns me. What is David Stearns going to do with his new manager? Whether it's Craig Council or anybody else, will lineups and who plays and who doesn't play be dictated from the front office? Because ultimately, the manager, while he should have discussions with the front office and collect more information than we ever had, they should still get to decide because a lot of it's feel, which I thought Buck had a, a good handle of. A lot of it is this guy shouldn't play today. This guy should play today. You got to trust your manager to make those calls. And it does worry me that is David Stern's going to be as hands on as apparently Billy Epler was with Buck. 